all right good evening brethren tonight we go into god's word and in the line of our conversation for the couple of weeks that has gone past now we've been examining the person and ministry of the spirit two weeks ago we talked about the person of the spirit then last week we spoke about the ministry of the spirit and of all things it does we identified a couple so tonight we'll be talking about following the holy spirit wherever you are i would like you to just bow your heads and say prayer to the lord our father tonight i'm here for your word open your word to me teach me your word tonight show me your truth tonight mighty holy spirit lead me and guide me into all truth pray in the name of jesus christ heavenly father Open your word to us tonight, O God. That you will not be a hearer only, but a doer of the same. Prayerlessly. That as you listen, the eyes of your understanding will open and you will hear the light of God's word speaking directly into your spirit. And at the end of the day, you will be a better person for it. You will have learned something that makes your life and relationship with God better on the surface of the earth. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for another opportunity to share your word and to listen and to learn. We ask that you anoint my lips, these lips of clay, that I may speak as your oracle unto your people. I ask that utterance be given and that the people of God will learn and receive the truth with meekness in their hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, following the Holy Spirit and there are three hours I'm going to share with us today as an emphasis on how to be led by the Spirit and then also as a guide so three hours there are three words that begin with R so I call them three hours in following the Holy Ghost. So, we have learned in previous lessons that the Holy Ghost is here to guide us into all truth. Is here to teach us about Jesus. Is here to reveal Jesus to us and reveal Jesus through us. So, but, it can only do that if we follow him. Many times, you will hear us say as Christians that the Holy Ghost is a perfect gentleman. And that's because one of the scriptures that let us know that is from Genesis chapter 6. God said, he said, my spirit will no longer strive with man. That is, 
the Holy Ghost does not struggle with us. It does not. It does not pressurize us and drag us. So, for example, when a person is praying, say, "Holy Ghost, take me over, make me do it," that is not going to happen. So, the Holy Ghost does not take you over. It does not make you do what you don't want to do. It is the spirit of Satan that does that. So, the Holy Ghost leads you. You as a human being are obliged to follow because God created man and gave human beings a will. So, it's not a devil. God made man. He designed man intentionally and gave man a will, the ability to choose and choose this or that, choose life or death. So, when God wants to interact with humanity, it does not violate our will. So, and that should already begin to give you an insight into the fact that a lot of the things you are saying God should make you do is not going to happen. Even though he really wishes that you get it done, he's not going to just enter you and make you do it. For example, God wants every man saved. The Bible says that God does not want the death of the, of the unbeliever, but he wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. But not all men have come to the knowledge of the truth. The most important thing on God's mind is not forcing anybody to do it. So God wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. That is the most important thing on his mind. That is why he sent his son to die for us. But yet, he does not force any of us. Because if he did, he would have gone into all the world and then make everybody accept Jesus and all of us will believe in Jesus and nobody will blaspheme and nobody will think that Christians are, are not, uh, are not the, the true religion of the world or, you know, persecute. No, everybody will just say, oh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And everybody will accept Jesus and everybody will go to heaven immediately. But as important as the salvation of the soul of a man is, God still does not impose himself on that man. He allows that man to choose. So also... When dealing with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost leads. We are the one to choose to follow. So now, when we make the choice, then in the areas of our weaknesses, it comes to strengthen us so that we can fully do the things that we desire to do. So you must first make the choice and take the step to follow the Holy Ghost before it can strengthen you. So for example, uh, I, I, I maybe I'm in a room with about five people and I want to carry a table and I'm thinking in my head I want to carry this table I really want to carry this table and move it to the other part of the room this table is disturbing me I really want to carry but I'm thinking it and I'm thinking this table is very heavy but I really need to carry it now I can think like that for the next 24 hours and I won't carry the table even though I desire to carry it and I'm wondering that why are these people not helping me carry this table? Don't they know that I want to carry the table? I really desire to carry the table. And people are looking at me and like, why are you quiet? What's going on? But if at any point during that time, I move towards the table and I endeavor to carry it and I, and I couldn't carry it and I struggle with it, apparently the people in the room will say, oh, you want to carry the table? Let's join you. And then they come and hold the table together with me and then we we'll carry it and it's so easy and we we'll move on. The same way it is with the Holy Ghost. You can be thinking, I want to serve God better. I want to pray better. I want to love God more. You keep thinking. But you don't make an effort. 
you don't set a reminder on your phone you don't tell yourself seven o'clock in the morning i will always stand up to pray i will not check my phone the moment i wake up i will keep my phone in the sitting room i will wake up and pray before i open my phone or even check any chat to me oh i'm going to make sure that every night before i go to bed i read one chapter of the bible now the holy ghost is not going to do that for you you are the one to make that decision then when you make that decision and you commit to it then the holy ghost comes to strengthen your will the bible says it takes hold with us against our weaknesses so it takes a hold with you against it doesn't take a hold against your weaknesses without you so coming back to following the holy ghost i said all that to say that in following the holy ghost we are never coerced we choose to follow and the first scripture we are going to look the first r rather that we are going to look in following the holy ghost is first recognition so as a child of god the holy ghost is on the inside of you let's look at first first corinthians chapter 6 first corinthians chapter 6 so that you will know that the holy ghost is with you and then for you to follow him you must recognize that he's with you god's word is our standard we can't do anything outside of god's word so first corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 it said what know you not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost which is in you which you have of god and that you are not your own can you see that he said know you not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost which you have of god and that you are not your own so the first thing you want to understand is that the holy ghost is living on the inside of you he has been given to you by god and then he abides with you forever so for you to be able to follow him you must recognize this you must recognize the holy ghost you must know who he is and where he is and who is he the bible has told us that he is the spirit of truth let's look at john we looked at the scriptures last week but it won't hurt to look at them again john chapter 14 verse 16 it says and i will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you for how long forever so the holy ghost will not leave you nor forsake you it said even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and he shall what be in you so the holy ghost is in you so you need to recognize him for you to experience him you must recognize him it just like for example you are in a place and where maybe a dignitary is around but he decided not to 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 make his presence no he just sat in a meeting and he didn't declare his presence now but he is supposed to be a person of value to the meeting he's supposed to make some contributions is supposed to probably make a donation probably is a fundraising is supposed to show you better ideas on how to do things 
But because he's a gentle person, he has sat there. And then while you are on the rostrum and you are talking and chairing the meeting, you saw him. But you do not acknowledge him. You do not say, oh, Honorable So-so is in our midst. We'd like to have you, please, sir. We really appreciate if you can come forward and sit here. You do not do any of that. And then the meeting ends, you say, ah, sir, you didn't, you didn't make contribution. The man will say, listen, I was here. You didn't recognize me. You didn't acknowledge me. I'm not angry, but I don't want to be forward. So the same thing is with the Holy Ghost. You must recognize him. You must acknowledge him. Now, before we start looking at what we acknowledge him as, let's look at another scripture. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. So that the first hour, you need to take notes and following the Holy Ghost is recognition. You must recognize the Holy Ghost. You must recognize him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, For without faith, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, we have established that the Holy Ghost is God. If you want to clarify that, you can listen to previous lessons. We have established that he is God. He is not lesser than God. So, and therefore, in recognizing him, you must believe that he is. He exists. He is a person. He is God. You must begin to place a premium on the personality of the Holy Ghost. You must begin to wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, I worship you right now. On your job, as you go through your day, you tell yourself, Holy Spirit, I recognize you. You are here with me. You live on the inside of me. When I accepted Jesus, you are here with me. And you are here to dwell with me forever. You are recognizing him. You are letting him know that you are a person, Holy Spirit. You are not just a thing. No, you are a person. Now let's see another scripture. So, recognition, the first hour. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 5. Proverbs 3 verse 5. A popular scripture. But we'll see it in another line tonight. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Verse 6. It says, In all, not some. All, not some. All means all. The meaning of all is all. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That is recognition. So you acknowledge the Holy Ghost. You get him involved. You turn towards him. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 5 so that you will see what it means to acknowledge the Holy Ghost. It says, Proverbs chapter 5 verse 1. It said, My son, attend unto my wisdom. Bow down your ear to my understanding that you may regard discretion and that your lips may keep knowledge. So, you have to attend to the Holy Ghost. So, for example, I'll give another analogy. You are in a room. Ten people are in the room. And then probably your best friend is in the room or your child is in the room. Now, you can be doing everything in the room and not acknowledge your child or you don't pay attention to him. Everybody is just doing their thing. But if you want to 
relate with your child you zoom out every other person and face squarely your child you give them your attention and your affection and that's the same thing with the holy ghost in recognizing him so that you can follow him you must give him your attention and your affection now let's look at proverbs 4 proverbs is full of a lot of wisdom on how to follow the holy spirit because the holy spirit is personified as the wisdom of god proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 he said my son attend to my words incline thy ears to my saying he said let them not depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart for they my words are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh so my emphasis is my son attend recognize so going back to proverbs chapter 3 verse 6 it says in all thy ways acknowledge the holy ghost get him involved turn towards him learn to speak to the holy ghost on the inside of you you may not speak audibly in your mouth but inside your heart you just say to yourself holy spirit you are here i recognize you i know you thank you for abiding with me forever you are recognizing him that way you are making your heart your faculties your thinking faculties your personal your consciousness to be aware of him now who is he so that you can acknowledge him properly the holy ghost goes by several names so in recognizing him you must know his names and we're going to just look at a few of them so that you can know this is who the holy ghost is and i'm trusting god that i'll be able to to because in preparing for this i've already seen that it's going to spill over into next week even though i was hoping to finish it today but it's going to spill over into next week so let us know who he is let us see his name in the word of god now before we go there i want to show you another scripture please know that it's a bible study so enough scripture does not hurt it is very important that you have the scriptures exodus chapter 3 23 rather exodus chapter 23 verse 20 this is symbolic of the holy ghost in the old testament they were seen as if it was a dim glass a tinted glass so many of the things they described they didn't know that this was who they were describing but they were just making endeavor to the best of their ability so and we have said is that this exodus chapter 23 verse 20 is talking about the holy ghost even though moses called him the angel of the lord he was talking about the holy ghost he said behold i send an angel before thee to keep you in the way and that's the holy ghost is there to guide you is there with you in the way he said and to bring you into the place which i have prepared for you so the holy ghost has a role in your life you is to bring you in the way and keep you in the way and bring you into all god has prepared for you so god has a prepared destiny for you but the angel of his presence who is the holy ghost as it's called in the old testament is to guide you and you are meant to follow him but look at the next instruction verse 21 exodus 23 21 say beware of him recognize him be conscious of him be conscious make deliberate efforts to be conscious of the holy ghost make intentional efforts to be conscious of the holy ghost and if we don't get there today we are going to get there next week and i'm going to talk about 
keys to increase sensitivity with the Holy Ghost. How you become sensitive to Him. So you see, beware of Him and obey His voice. So you see, the first step to following the Holy Ghost is recognition. And I'm intentionally dwelling on this so that it can sink into you. Now, we now say, what are His names? This Holy Ghost that we are talking about, who is He? Jesus in John chapter 14 verse 17 says even the spirit of truth so the holy ghost one of his names is the spirit of truth so you can stay in a place or maybe as you are going through your day you say yourself you say to yourself spirit of truth i recognize you you open your bible you want to read so that you will not just be bored so that the bible will not just be meaningless to you we say, Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth. And this is the truth. The word of God is the truth. I open up myself to you, spirit of truth. Guide me into all truth. Let's see another place where Jesus called them the spirit of truth. He said, how be it when the spirit, that is John chapter 16 verse 13. He said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come it will glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you all things that the father hath are mine therefore said i that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you so it's called the spirit of truth another thing i want you to take note of is that the holy spirit is a person so many a time due to our religious background we may think that the holy ghost is a wind is a dove is a fire but no he is actually a person that manifests himself in different forms so as a spirit it can take different forms it is because we have this body that is why we are limited in our form when we change and go to heaven and we receive our resurrected body and we are in the new heaven and in the new earth where we are fully spiritual beings you will see that we are not limited we can take any form as a spirit being you can assume any form so the holy ghost has shown himself as tongues of fire he has shown himself as a dove he has shown himself as fire as wind as water so he can take any form but Above all, Jesus is letting us know here that he is a person because look at is 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 referred to here as an as a he, a pronoun. So John 16 13 says, How be it when he he is referring to a person, a personal pronoun? When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he that is another he will guide you into all truth. For he, that's another he, that's three he's, shall not speak of himself. That's another pronoun, himself. But whatsoever he shall hear. So the Holy Ghost is a person. You don't use he for an inanimate thing. I can't look at you and say, oh, it is Joel. It is James. I cannot say that. It is that he is James. He is Janet. Or she is genuine because she is a person. So when you use the word he, it means that that person you are referring to has a personal. They have a will and intention, emotions. They can interact. They are 
personified. They are intelligent. They can communicate. They are not just an animal. They are not inanimate. They are not a wood. They are not just wind. They are relatable. They think. They have faculties of thought, of emotion, of communication and interaction. They are a person. Even though they don't have a body, yes, they are a person. Just like you. So, for example, when somebody dies, it's just their body that is left on the earth. The person still remains. And I said that a couple of days, uh, a couple of lessons back. When Lazarus and the rich man died in heaven, they were still persons. They recognized each other. Lazarus knew the rich man. The rich man knew Lazarus. And the two of them knew Father Abraham. So, you see, the Holy Ghost, even though he doesn't have a physical body, he is a person. So, in recognizing him, we are knowing that he's a person and his names are the spirit of truth. Another place Jesus called him in John chapter 14, verse 16. He said, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. He's called the comforter. He's called the comforter. In John chapter 16, verse 7, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter is called the comforter. So, in interacting with him, in recognizing him, you know, he is the spirit of truth. He is the comforter. Let's see another name for him. Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. From verse 2, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Lord. He is also called the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of God. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Say, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ. So you see, that's another name for him. The spirit of life in Christ. So when you read that place in your Romans chapter 8, verse 2, you will see that the, the spirit is in capital letter S. And I've said that some weeks ago. Now when you go through the New Testament and you see the word spirit, Sometimes it is in capital letter S or small letter S. When you see it in capital letter S, it's referring to the Spirit of God. So here, another name for it is the Spirit of Christ. Let's see another name for him. Verse, let's go to verse 15 of that same chapter. Romans 8, 15. It says, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption. It is still the Holy Ghost. His name is the spirit of adoption. So, for example, so and these all his names carry a meaning and a dimension of his ministry to you. So you must recognize him as this. Spirit of life. So you are in a situation. The Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Because the spirit of life will make the life of Jesus manifest through you instead of death. Let's look at one of the ministry of the spirit of life. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 9. It says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, the spirit of God, that is him, another name of the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God, dwell in you. How 
Now, if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, another name for him is also the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of life, is the same person that is being referred to. He is none of his. Now, verse 10, he said, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit will produce life because of righteousness. Verse 11, he said, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, so the reason why it's called the Spirit of life is that he gives life to dead things. Is the spirit that brought Christ back from the dead, and we, are, we will let we will see that in Hebrews chapter thirteen shortly. So He gives life. So when you say the Spirit of life, I recognize you. What you are saying that you can be in a situation and it looks like death is around, and when we say that not necessarily physical death, maybe a business is dying, a relationship is dying, something like death. Death also means loss. There is loss around. Maybe loss of clients, loss of job, loss of, you know, loss of favor, loss of goodwill. Death is setting in. You call him the spirit of life, spirit of life. Just like the song of, of Pastor Nathaniel Bassi. He said, Spirit of God, we welcome you. Almighty God, we welcome you. Spirit of life, we welcome you. Almighty God. We welcome you, Spirit of Truth. We welcome you, Almighty God. We welcome you, we welcome you into our midst, Almighty God. We welcome you. So that is you worshiping the Spirit of God, calling Him by His name. We are still dealing with the first R, which is recognizing Him, recognizing the Holy Ghost. Now, so, spirit of adoption. So, for example, in his capacity as a spirit of adoption, what does that mean? That because we were not initially the children of God, we were the children of Adam, but when we accepted Christ, God took us to himself and said, from this point on, you are no longer the children of the fallen man, the fallen Adam that disobeyed me. You are now the sons of God. You are born in Christ. So, in that process of taking us out of Adam and bringing us to God in Christ Jesus, we were adopted. So, it is the Holy Ghost that makes us feel at home. You know, when you adopt a child, certainly the child is aware that these are not my biological parents. But one of the process of adoption is that you make sure that you make the child feel like your own biological child. So, for example, maybe you have your own children already. So you are now saying that, okay, I want to adopt and make them join, make this child join my own children. So one of the things you do is that you tell your children, make this child feel like us. Make them know that we have, by law, by the document, this child is our child. But we must also make what is written in the document of adoption real to them. So the, 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 the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ ratified our adoption. It brought us into Christ. But then, the spirit of adoption produces that life that makes us say, Abba, Father. And let us look at it. He said, the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So even though we were aware that we were the sons of Adam, by reason of the spirit of adoption, we do not think it's strange. We become cool and comfortable to call God Father. It is not just that it is normal, no. It is because of the spirit of adoption at work in you. That is why you can say, God is my father. 
The truth is, every other person who does not have the spirit of adoption in them, they can't call God Father comfortably. No. When they say it inside, they have something will, will withdraw. Because the truth is, the spirit of adoption is not there at work in them. So you will say, for example, some of the religions, some of the popular religion will tell you that God is not their father. They are slaves to God. God, you, you hear statement like, God did not give birth to his son. God does not have children. But that is the privilege we have in Christ. That by reason of the spirit of adoption, we can say, our father who was in heaven, our Lord be thy name. So, this is him, you are recognizing him. So, if you are going through a situation when you are feeling that, oh, nobody is there for me. By reason of the ministry of the spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit, you can say, my father, you are there for me. Almighty God, you are always there for me. No matter what I face, when trouble comes my way, I will praise you because you are my father. Last week, I mentioned it that when we say, I will not leave you comfortless, where Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. That word comfortless means orphanos in the Greek. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. And the Holy Ghost is called the comforter. So, he comes as the father to us. The Holy Ghost is your father. As in his role as the comforter, in you recognizing him, you know he is your father. So you are not fatherless. So when you say the spirit of God, the spirit of God is your father. God is your father. The spirit of God is your father. We have established the father. The Holy Ghost is God. So he is the one that makes the fatherhood of God real to you. It makes it a real thing to you. So when you are in your room and you want to pray, say, our father. When you go into life, and it looks like okay, you need to get a job somewhere, but there's nobody that can that can that can fill in the form for you that can guarantee you. You go to your father and say, Holy Ghost, you are my father. Refer me here. I may not know anybody, but I mean my father may not be in government, my father may not may not be influential, but Holy Ghost, you are influential above all influences. You made the heavens and the earth influence for me right here speak for me where i cannot speak for myself speak for me where decisions are being made refer me recommend me be my referee holy spirit that is his ministry so you become you begin to go through life knowing that you are not alone the father of the fatherless is with you in the person of the spirit of god so you recognize him as that so that's the first r you recognize him. So to follow the Holy Ghost, you must recognize who he is. The other names, it goes by the name, the spirit of grace and supplication. So in his ministry, in Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, I believe, he said, in the spirit of grace, he will pour out the spirit of grace and supplication. So in that capacity of his, he rests upon you and causes you to pray. It causes you to pray the will of God. So, for example, and that's where people sometimes can mistake and say, Holy Ghost, take me over. No, is that after you have yielded and recognized Him as a spirit of grace and supplication, you know He's the one that hold, take hold with you against your infirmities. When you recognize Him as that, as a spirit of grace and supplication, then it begins to brood on you. It begins to constrain you. It begins to impress you. And you say, Holy Ghost, please continue. Don't stop. Help me pray. And you are staying in the place of prayer. 30 minutes, one hour, two hours, three hours. Is the spirit of grace and supplication. You are praying. You don't give up. You don't get tired. That is when you look at, oh, it's not me that is doing this again. It is because first you recognize him. So when you recognize him, you open the door to him. Then you are able to follow him. So you must recognize him. You must get him involved for you to be able to follow him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. 
So I've taken time on this recognition because it's one of the most important aspects of the three hours. Recognizing, getting involved in all your ways, acknowledge, getting involved, call him into affairs, ask for his opinion. That is how you'll be able to follow him, recognize him. He's in the room, he's with you, he's dwelling on the inside of you. Why go through life without acknowledging him? The creator of the heavens and the earth is right there on the inside of you. Why will you go through life as somebody just, you know, shadow boxing and not being definite? You don't have direction. You lose. No, you know, no. The Holy Ghost is there for you. So what you need to do is recognize him. Acknowledge him. Recognize him. Now, the next R is reverence or respect him. That's the next R. You need to reverence and respect him. So, after recognizing the Holy Ghost for who he is, the next thing you need to do is to respect him. So, and what does that mean? Let's look at Isaiah, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. Let's look at a word on respect. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 30, I believe. Okay, it's a word for the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. He said, but now the Lord said, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So the Holy Ghost is speaking here. Remember, the Holy Ghost is God. He said, if you honor me, I will honor you. If you lightly esteem me, if you despise me, if you treat me as small, I will do the same to you. So you must respect and reverence the Holy Ghost. So, for example, one common way is you don't make jokes about the things of the Spirit. When Jesus was on the earth and he was healing the sick and casting out demons, the Pharisees, was saying, you are casting out demons by the springs of demons. Jesus said, you people know better than what you are saying. You people, you know the law. You are not babies. You are doctors of the law. You know that I cannot. Because one of you, the other, they called Nicodemus, came to me by night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher sent from God. No man can do these things except God be with him. So you people, you know you've been discussing it, but you just want to deny the fact of stubbornness and say that I am casting out demons by the prince of demons. He said, listen, he said, you are blaspheming and what you are doing cannot be forgiven. So, when you want to follow the Holy Ghost, you must be somebody who does not blaspheme the Holy Ghost. You don't just open your mouth and say things that that grieve him, that disrespect him. You don't attribute his glory to, to other things. You don't make jests of things that are holy. It's called the Holy Spirit. So, for example, the Word of God is holy. You don't make jests of the Word of God. The Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Look at that. So, you don't make jests of the Bible. You don't quote Bible flippantly to just jest and joke and, and you know, and support, support things that are not necessary. No, you cannot. You must reverence the Holy Ghost. Anything called holy, the Word of God is holy. When you, when you talk about 
the gift of the Holy Spirit, you don't joke with them. So you don't play with the with with the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't you don't you don't joke with like for example you know you don't joke with tongues and say hey shaka. No, you don't joke with the things of the Spirit. They are holy things. You must respect the things of the Holy Ghost. Is the administrator? Is the one in the Bible says there are diverse kind of gifts, but the same so is the one distributing this thing as the wheels. So you respect the things of the Holy Spirit. You put respect. You are in the presence of God. It's time for you to pray. It's not that time that that is when you are you are scrolling to your phone. You are scrolling to your phone. You are watching a movie and then you are saying no. You don't know. You respect him. You give him respect. You reverence him. The Bible says God is in His holy temple. God is in His holy temple. Let the whole earth be quiet before Him. That is reverence, respect. When it's time for prayer, you make sure that you shut everything down. You give Him your utmost attention. You give Him respect. When you are in a place, when it's time, so anything that has to do with God, with the Holy Ghost, you treat it with sacredness, sanctity, respect. So, for example, maybe you are in church. You certainly know that if the governor is in the room or maybe a dignity is in the room, you can't misbehave, you can't be picking calls and be talking and be chewing gum. No, that is not right. You respect him that he is in the room. If somebody, you know, if somebody, a, a dignitary is in the room with you, there are things you will not do. So even as, 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 as close as our parents are, when our parents are in the room or an elderly person is in the room, there are things you don't say. There are ways you don't behave. So you must always think that way and respect that the Holy Ghost is right here with me. I must respect him. I can't talk like this. Sometimes you do it's not just only about the Holy Ghost, it's about dealing with other people. No, the Holy Ghost is there. I can't talk to another person like this in his presence. Sometimes you see people because their children are around, or maybe their wife is around, their husband is around, they, they calm themselves down. They don't lose their cool. Why? They respect the presence of that person, they reference them. So the same thing with the Holy Ghost. You must reference them. That's the second R. For example, let's look at that Exodus chapter 23, verse 20 again. So these are ways, first things first. Things that you need to know for you to be able to follow the Holy Ghost. You know, following the Holy Ghost is not just about hearing voices. The Holy Ghost says to me, rise up. No, these are the fundamental things. If you don't respect Him, if you don't acknowledge Him in all your ways, if you don't give Him that respect, if you don't reverence Him, He cannot direct your path. So look at, let's look at that Exodus 23 verse 20 again. Say, Behold, I send an angel before you. To keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. He said what? Beware of him and obey him. Verse 22. He said, but if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all as I speak, then I will be an enemy unto your enemies. Verse 23. He said, for my angels shall go before thee and bring thee into the, into, unto the Amorite. So, is there to guide you? You see, we jump three verses to see that. Is there to guide you? For you must obey him, respect him defer to him. You don't do things without recognizing his presence. And one of the ways to reference him is by worshipping him. You sing songs to him. Spirit of God will worship you right here. You are in your room alone. You reverence him. Now, you respect him. Let's look at another place for respect. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20. So that's the second hour. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. 
It says, for from verse 19, he said, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? You see that? He said, For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify, honor God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So you see, you respect the Holy Ghost. You reference him that I am not my own. And therefore, I cannot misbehave. I must respect God in this my body and in my spirit. You respect him in the kind of thoughts you have. You respect him in the kind of uh, media you expose yourself to. There are some times you are listening to a particular song and the Holy Ghost checks you on the inside. No, I don't like that song. Out of respect, what do you do? You stay away. There are times you are in a place and people are just saying things, just talking, discussing, laughing, jokes. They may not be, they may not necessarily be, be, be bad jokes, but because they, they make jests of sacred things in that moment, you know that you can't partake, you can't even laugh. You know, sometimes, you know, you go on social media, you see somebody, you know, and social media is a great, great place to see all this thing and you, you have to join. Just somebody, you see, for example, somebody is, 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 is making a skit on maybe something vulgar, something foul, and yet, Jesus. Now, you cannot reverence the Holy Ghost and be enjoying that kind of, of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, what do you call it? Of media, you know, there's one song I I I have heard it a couple of times. You see somebody speaking and singing, say uh, maybe it, the person it, they feel it, they feel it, they feel the anointing. And what was he attributing the anointing to? To probably dancing with a woman. Is what you feel with the woman is that there? And so, out of respect for the Holy Ghost, that kind of song cannot be playing at a wedding you attend and you are dancing and laughing. You must correct your mind in that point and no, 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 no. I respect the Holy Ghost more than what this person is doing. Or somebody, you know, some of these, um, um, some of these songs we hear at times, and some of these people they don't know better. If they knew better, they would, they would sing better. But for you, you are hearing this today now, so that you will not do it. You will not, you will not enjoy such things. You know, somebody was singing something, you know, Hallelujah, and the Hallelujah, Hallelujah means praise the Lord. But you are using Hallelujah in. In a, in a music video that, you know, that doesn't promote Christ in any way. So, that is where reverence and respect come. The Bible said, cast not your pearls unto swine, neither give holy things unto dogs. You must respect the things of the Holy Ghost. You don't, you don't give it to dogs. So, you cannot be in a place and they are making jest of, of, of the church. They are making jest of pastors. Hey, this pastor. Hey. No, you can't. Certainly, there are bad pastors. There are evil pastors. There are pastors that do rubbish. But that is an internal affair. It is not for you to be making jest of. Because the people who are making such jest, they won't delineate. They won't differentiate between the bad pastor and the good pastor. Before you know it, they will insult everybody. But these men of God, these women of God that God have sent to bless us, they are holy people. Certainly, they are human, they made mistakes, but a lot of them are doing their job to the best of their ability. So you cannot join unholy people, dogs, quote-unquote, people that who are not initiates in the kingdom of God to, to, you know, to smear the things of the kingdom of God. So reverence. Another example is Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. And this is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira. They didn't respect the Holy Ghost. 
Now, some of these kind of teachings, certainly they may not make you shout, but they will build you stamina so that you know how to carry yourself as a child of God. This, these are things that, these are, these are the meat of the kingdom. Acts chapter 5, it says, But certain named Ananias and Sapphira's wife sold the possession. Now, look at what Peter said. He said, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? So, if you respect the person, you don't lie to them. So, are there ways that you are insincere in your relationship with God? It is bordering on disrespect. You lie. The Holy Ghost is looking at your heart. There are ways you are you are insincere. You commit something wrong. Instead of asking for forgiveness, you move on like, God, no, that's not what I said. You are justifying yourself before God. If you respect Him. In Romans chapter 3, He said that so that when you judge, we may know that your judgment is just. You respect His judgment and say, God, if you say what I just did is wrong, I'm sorry, sir. That is reverence. So you do something now, the Holy Ghost checks you on the inside. And we're going to get there in, in our next week. How, how you begin to sense Him on the inside of you. you. You The Holy Ghost checks you on the inside. You just feel uncomfortable. You, your peace is withdrawn. What do you do? You say, I'm sorry, sir. Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. Respect. Reverence. Now, the last hour for today is respond to Him. And this is where we will now begin to identify how do i respond so you first you have recognized him second you have respected him now this is now where you now go into the activities now many a times you know people want to see vision they want to know the holy ghost spoke to me oh i felt goosebump oh that spirit was just telling me something was telling me something was now let us begin to say how to respond to that something and it is not something it is someone the holy ghost Respond, that's your third hour, and that's what we are going to close with today. Number one under respond is you respond to the Holy Spirit by first responding to God's word that you know. So before we go into the quote and unquote the the how will I call it the unreal or will I say the the flaky the hocus pocus part <laughs> so that you say holy ghost yes well, I'm just floating in the holy ghost the holy ghost is just carrying me just leading me before you even go there because a lot of people are wondering how do I respond to the holy ghost how do I follow the holy ghost I can't see him I don't even feel him and that's the thing sometimes you don't even feel him sometimes you will feel him Sometimes you won't. So how do I respond to him? I want to follow him, but I don't know how. I can't hear his voice. The first thing is, before we even go into feeling him, first, you must be somebody who responds to the word of God as you know. So you know a couple of verses here and there. Whenever you are in a situation, you must let those verses guide you. Let those words of God guide you. Because the primary ministry of the Holy Spirit is to lead you into all truth. And the truth is God's word. And also Jesus is the truth because Jesus is the word of God according to John chapter 1 verse 1. So, it will guide you into all truth. It will lead you into all truth. So, for you to be led by the Holy Ghost, you must be present who gives you attention to the word of God. You cannot be far from the word of God and expect to follow the Holy Ghost. It can't lead you. How will it lead you into all truths if you are away from the truth? So, any known scripture that you know, you must endeavor to obey it without a voice, without a feeling. No. If you know the Bible says that thou shalt not lie, then 
anything that has to do with a lie, don't involve with it. If you catch yourself mistakenly lying under pressure, apologize to the Holy Ghost on the spot and go back and rewrite it. If it's a situation you can go back and correct and say, hey, I'm sorry I lied. Then go back there and say, ah, what I said is not accurate. This is what I should have said. This is what I didn't say it rightly the other time. Package yourself and rewrite what you have said. You know, undo the lie. If the Holy, if, if you know the Bible says that, oh, that prayer without season, then do that. You don't need the, you don't need, you don't need to hear a voice that rise up tonight. I'll wake you up 2 p.m. No. Every word you know. Let's look at John chapter 7, verse 17, so that you will see that in following the Holy Ghost, we need to first understand the basic before we start going after the big thing. Many people they fail, we fail in the little things before we we go and you, you know we skip we skip primary elementary one elementary two and then want to jump into tertiary but it doesn't work that way it's in steps it's in steps those people who said the holy ghost said to me and they and it is actually accurate and true this is where they started from and this is where you should start from so john chapter 7 verse 17 look at that what a one of the most wonderful scripture you ever read he said 15 John 7 verse 17. He said, If any man, any man means any man. So, following the Holy Ghost is not the exclusive reserve of, a, of an elite group of pastors, bishops, people who, you know, they are very deep. No, it's not, it is not, it is not their exclusive reserve. Now, we, we are almost running out of time. We will spill over one hour a little bit today. But it's just so that we can round it up. And I intentionally just stayed on this three hours so that it can stay with you. Number one R is what? Recognize. Number two R is what? Respond. Uh, reverence rather in that order actually in that order number three r is what respond so you must recognize him first then you must what reverence him and respect him respect his opinion respect his thoughts you don't do things without getting the holy ghost involved and then the last r is what respond to him so we just shoot a little bit above one hour today just so that we can finalize it now it says john 7 17 says if any man will do his will he said he shall know of the doctrine whether it be of god or whether i speak of myself so this is jesus speaking that if anybody will do his will what is the will of god the will of god is the word of god the revealed word of god he said if any man will do his will he shall know of the doctrine doctrine means teaching so the things you've been taught in church the things we are teaching here, the things you've read in the book, the things your pastor is teaching in church, when you remember them, obey them. When you do that, you begin to know there is a knowing that comes when you decide to obey the word of God. There is a knowing that comes when you decide to what? Obey the word of God. And that's the thought we are going to see under, under respond. So first is, in responding to the Holy Ghost, you must be a person who has hidden his word in Psalm 1, Psalm 119? It says, Thy word have I hidden within my heart that I may not sin against you. So you must prioritize your attention to the word of God. So if you will obey the doctrine, if you will do his will, you will know. If you will obey the word of God, you have, you will know. Now, the next thing, number two, under respond is if you will not obey the correction of the Holy Spirit. 
you cannot get his direction. So, the sweet thing about following the Holy Ghost is that we want direction. Oh, for example, I need to know what my future holds. I need to know what I'm supposed to do. Which job am I supposed to get? God, what am I supposed to do with my life? What business should I do? Who should I marry? Um, where should I start my shop? Which house should I take? You know, who should I should I speak to this person or to that person? What should I do? We need direction. God, open my eyes. God, lead me in life. Holy Ghost, direct my steps as I'm going out today. But the matter is, the Holy Ghost start directing your step first in correction before instruction. So, for example, you are sitting down and you've been watching a movie for the past two hours and something inside you is making you uncomfortable that you have not prayed today. You have not prayed today. You have not prayed today. You have been watching movie. Now, you ignore that and continue watching the movie. And then you think the Holy Ghost is not going to guide you more than that. It started by guiding you. If you will obey that correction. Hello? The day you will need instruction and direction, you will be able to know it. You see, following the Holy Ghost is like, is like exercise. The more you do it, the more you become conversant with it. Or let's say like driving. The more you practice it, the more you know how to turn your hand, you know how to, to enter a corner, you know how to reverse. By practice. So, the Holy Ghost usually, and that's the standard, it starts with you from the place of correction. If you can obey correction, you will get direction. So if you have been somebody who is always ignoring the correction of the Holy Ghost, you will not be able to get his direction a lot. So the day that, for example, and direction can mean life and death, you may want to leave your house this morning and the Holy Ghost needs to tell you because probably there's going to be an arm robbery on the road or there's going to be a, an accident on the road. And it will be at the time that you are passing that spot that accident will happen. The Holy Ghost will need to impress you and say, stay back a little bit by 10 minutes. But because you've been disobeying his correction, the day you spoke wrongly to, to your friend, and he says that, go and apologize. You felt too proud to do that. Then, the day he's telling you, stay back, you will not know that he's the one. Because that day you thought that it's just because you are weak. You just felt that, no, 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 I'm bigger than that. I cannot apologize. When you, when you suppress that, the day you are supposed to recognize it, because you have doubted it, then the day you are supposed to recognize it, you will not. So, many times, you know, for example, you, you wake up in the morning, something tells you fast. You say, ah, is that the Holy Spirit? No, is that the Holy Spirit? It's not the Holy Spirit, just me. Then you go and eat. Now, you doubted it when it gave you correction or it's telling you to do something you don't like. So, when you doubt it on that day, how will you now hear him on the day you need him for something you like? Because you have already cast as passion on his leading when he was telling you to do something you don't like. So, you will not be able to distinguish that it is him on the day he needs to lead you concerning something that could be life and death. Don't go to that shop. Don't buy. And the truth is, there is nothing you should not acknowledge the Holy Ghost on. You want to buy a new device. Oh, you want to, you want to invest. Which, where, which platform should I invest in? You want to rent a new apartment. Oh, which area should I live? 
because the God, because the Holy Ghost is to lead you into your inheritance. Because where you decide to rent your house, that may be where you will meet somebody who has a business that that business is going to give you another business, and then at the end of the day, you become a billionaire at the end of the day just by the house you rented. But how will you know if you don't acknowledge the Holy Ghost, if you don't know how to follow His direction, if you have not been following His correction? So let's see a, a place there. So I'll be rounding up very soon. And thank you for following me this thus far. Now look at Romans 8. The place that talks about the leading of the Holy Ghost, you will see that it talks about correction and the crucifying of your flesh. So for you to respond to the Holy Ghost properly, you must be somebody who obeys him in the crucifixion of your flesh. That is, you have to suppress and crucify the things that your flesh loves to do that are against the will of God. Romans chapter 8. Look at Romans chapter 8 from verse, let's say from verse 12. Okay, from verse 11. Romans 8 11. Say, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by a Spirit that dwelleth in you. He said, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. So you can't live after the flesh. To live after the flesh. He said, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do put to death the deeds of the body you shall live now what does this verse 13 mean then we now go to this verse, verse 14 and say for as many as are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God now when you read your bible don't just read verses in isolation are you getting what I'm saying don't just read verses in isolation so you should read scripture in context that is the verse before it and the verse after it always know that they are, they have something they are saying so don't just take bible verses out of so now reading the out of context so reading this in context it says that for if you live by the flesh you will die now one time the holy ghost revealed this to me and said what does it mean to live by the flesh to live by the flesh means that you obey everything your body wants your body wants to watch a movie all day you obey it your body wants to eat five wraps of food, you obey it. Your body wants all the sugar in the world, you obey it. Your body wants to, to sleep all day, you obey it. And naturally, even thinking about it, if you obey everything your body wants, you will die. If you eat all the sugar you want, if you sleep all the while you want, if you eat all the fatty food you want, if you, you know, and I'm using food a lot, but your body wants a lot of things. If, 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 for example, let's say you, are, you, 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 if you follow all the cravings of your body, your body wants to want to sleep with another woman. Your body wants to be, you know, you know, wants all kind of things, and that's the flesh. And the truth is, everybody has the flesh to deal with. Your flesh will always want to do something your spirit doesn't want to do. Let us look at Roman Galatians five before we we'll come back here, so that you know that the flesh is always wanting to do something that is not in in alignment with the will of God. Look at here. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 16. It says, This I say then, it says, Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It says, For the flesh lusted against the spirit. That is, lust there means desire. So when you say lust, lust doesn't just mean sexual immorality. When you hear the word lust in the Bible, it also means desire. It says, For the flesh lusted against the spirit. The desires of the flesh are always contrary to the desires of the spirit. And the spirit 
is always desiring something against the flesh. He said, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you will. So inside you, you want to do good, but because your flesh is lusting for something else, you cannot do the things you will. He said, but if you are led, you see there, by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, let's go on. Verse 19. He said, now the works of the flesh are made manifest. So, if you are led by the Spirit, you will not fulfill the works of the flesh. Now, what are the works of the flesh? He said, these are adultery, fornication, uncleanness. So, you are watching a movie, there's sandwich or pornography in there. Fast forward or even shut down the whole movie and get out of the place. He said, uncleanness. Lashivos, the Holy Ghost is telling you, clean your room. Even some of these things I'm saying, myself, I'm guilty about it. Organize your house. Rearrange your study table. You don't obey that. On the day you need to get direction, it will be difficult. Because the Holy Ghost that is telling you to sweep the house, wash the toilet, wash the plates, help your wife to do this, you are not obeying him. How will you hear him on the day he's telling you that this is what you should do? Don't pass here. Pass there. How will you know? So you must obey him in every little thing. Every little thing. You know, it goes on. He said, lascivious, uncleanness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation. So, you see, the, the flesh is always wanting something. Look at Romans 8, chapter 5. It says, verse 6. From verse, Romans 8, verse 6. It says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enemy against God. So, anytime, I want you to keep this in mind. Anytime you feel a suggestion from the inside of you and the Holy Ghost will speak because he's inside you. He's inside you. When you get a suggestion or a thought that makes you do something you don't want in your flesh so your flesh is fighting that i don't want to do for example your flesh is fighting it doesn't want to pray your flesh is fighting it doesn't want to apologize your flesh is fighting it doesn't want to stop watching the movie your flesh is fighting it doesn't want to stop eating your flesh is fighting and want to keep on sleeping it doesn't want to wake up to pray at night your flesh is fighting want you to overeat that you'll not be able to be led by the holy ghost your flesh is fasting fighting it doesn't want to fast in those women know that whatever suggestion you are getting is the holy ghost anytime you get a suggestion in your heart that is contrary to what your flesh loves. It is the Holy Ghost. Because your flesh is always in enmity against God. So those are the ways you begin to respond to him. And you choose and say, the Holy Ghost wants me to fast, then I'm going to fast. Let this flesh cry from morning to night. Let this anger, this hunger be wiring my stomach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fast this fast today. And that's discipline. So that's responding to him. So in responding to the Holy Ghost... You must crucify your flesh. Let's look at another, a very key scripture. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Look at Jesus talking here. It says, And he said unto them, On, if any man will come after me, if you will follow the Holy Ghost, he said, let him deny himself. So you must deny yourself. There are so many things that you, you will, your flesh will want. You have to deny yourself. So many things your flesh will want to enjoy, but you have to deny yourself. He said, if any man will follow me, the Holy Ghost is talking to you. If you will know how to follow me, he said, you must deny yourself. You must take up your cross daily and want to follow me. So taking up your cross daily is crucifying your flesh 
The cross will cross out the things that are not of God in your life. The cross, that is where Jesus was crucified. The flesh was crucified. So you must constantly be embracing the cross, which is the death of Jesus Christ. Something must always be dying in you every day. Somebody offend you. You want to open your mouth and run and say something against them. It is in that moment you have to die. The Holy Ghost said, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You see there, you have to kill that thing that said talk. Abuse their father and their mother and their generation. Let them know that you, are, you don't take things easy. But in that moment, you have to die. You have to let the cross of Christ cross out of your flesh anger. Let it cross out of your flesh impatience. And it is a daily thing. So, he said, if any man will follow after me. Now, and this is the basis. Before the Holy Ghost can lead you and say, okay, I want you to go and start this business. Let me lead you into this and let let me show you this vision. You first have to get it right here. The cross, you must embrace the cross of Christ. You must embrace the death on the cross. The fellowship of the suffering. You must mortify the deeds of your body. When your body is asking for something, you know it is not the will of God. Then you don't give it. You must crucify your flesh. When, when your body is saying that, oh, let us get angry and let us just misbehave, you, 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 you hold it together and you speak in peace. You change what you want to say or you keep quiet and you walk away. And whether you couldn't control it totally and you said something nasty, you come back. Your body, your ego, that's another part of the flesh. It has ego. It doesn't want to apologize. You crucify it by saying, I'm sorry. You put it to death. Because by the time you come and say, I'm sorry, something dies in you. And that is you embracing the cross of Christ. That is you embracing the cross of Christ. So you must embrace that cross daily to follow after him. So these are the fundamentals of following the Holy Ghost. You must embrace the cross daily. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. Let me read it again. It said, And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. The Christian life is a life of denial. It's a life of sacrifices. You cannot be doing everything you like and grow up as a child of God. You cannot be doing everything you want and follow the Holy Ghost. It is either you are denying yourself and following after him or you are, you are receiving everything you want for yourself and you are not following after him. And if you cannot do this, you cannot crucify your flesh, you cannot get direction. So if you want to better your will, your, your relationship with the Holy Ghost, if you want to go to your house and you don't have to lose anything again, you can say, Holy Spirit, please, where did I put my keys? Where did I put my document? Oh, where did I put that, that cloth? Where is that brush? If you want to say, Holy Spirit, please, I'm going out today. By the time uh, around 4 o'clock, I would like you to please remind me to do this. If you want to enjoy that, then you must first accept his correction because the Holy Ghost can, when you give him room in every area of your life, there is nothing he cannot help you with. He's called the helper. He will help you even with the most mundane things. It will help you, I'm telling you, it will help you in organizing your day. It will help you in strategy. It will help you in any way you need help. It's called a helper. When you say somebody is a helper and he has to help you, you help people in the way they need help. It will help you to deal with emotional issues. It will help you to deal with people on the job. It will help you to deal with your work. It will help you to deal with customers. It will help you to deal with your wife, with your husband. It will help you to deal with your colleague at work. It will help you to deal with the client, with the project. It will help you to deal with your schoolwork. 
but you must first embrace the cross. So a student is saying that, oh, I want the Holy Ghost to show me where to where to read for exam. Then you must embrace the cross. When the Holy Ghost is saying, don't overeat tonight, then don't overeat. Those are places you must embrace the cross. So Romans 8 here, it says, for if you live after the flesh, you will die. Verse 13. But if you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the what? Sons of God. So you must be crucifying yourself for you to be led by the Spirit of God. I want you to keep that in mind. You must be crucifying your flesh if you want to be led by the Spirit of God. You must be dying on the inside. And when I say you dying, that is your flesh. You must be killing something so that you can live in Christ Jesus. Look at it. It said, For if, but if you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. So, death in the flesh is life in the Spirit. So, when, when you are supposed to to get angry and speak back and you crucify your flesh a life is supplied to your spirit you gain grace on the inside you become a more matured person wisdom rests upon you you know how to handle difficult people that is life manifesting itself on the inside of you when you are supposed to when you are supposed to eat the whole house and you decide to fast and you crucify your flesh and you are hungry, but at the end of the day, when next you say, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ, everything that is due may come to me. And by the next day, you receive, and alas, you receive a job. Life, the death of the fast the day before, produce the life of the authority in your word so that good things can come to you. So these things are practical. So when you crucify your flesh and it looks like you suffered a little bit in one respect, in your spirit, life is made manifest. Everything you do to the detriment of the flesh will always bring for you a progress in your spirit. Anytime you do something that doesn't, that doesn't make the flesh comfortable, be very sure it will shoot your spiritual life forward. So you must always be looking for ways to crucify the flesh, to reduce it, his desires, to keep his desires at bay. You put your legs on it and say you are not getting past this point. If I'm going to eat sugar, I'm not going to eat more than two spoons. Now, it is in these little things. Actually, if you can exercise discipline in these little things, you will be able to follow after the Holy Ghost. Then lastly, and I know we've taken a lot of time today, but just let us finish this. We're already 13 minutes outside of schedule, but this is the last point I want to make. No soul salvation. No soul salvation. Now, what is this? Okay. I think I'm also being impressed by the Holy Ghost to stop at this point. So, we are going to continue this in our next lecture. So, I'm going to say this first before I share the truth for the next lecture. So, thank you very much for showing up today. Let us pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you. We thank you for your word that you have manifested to us. I want you where you are. Just thank God. Thank him for his word. And praying the Holy Ghost just for one minute. And say, Father, thank you for this word. To follow you, I need to reverence you. I need to recognize you first. I need to reverence you second. And I need to what respond to you. So tonight, I thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We receive it with meekness so that it can bless our soul. And change us as, and make us better people in following after the Holy Ghost. We receive grace not just to be here as alone, but to be doers of the same. Thank you 
we give you all the praise for in Jesus name we pray amen so thank you very much for showing up today I encourage you to listen to this again it was very very insightful very practical listen and listen again take notes check the scriptural verses and meditate on them and then I encourage you you can share the link when you you can listen to to this to this podcast again on the podcast platform on, on Spotify or on Anchor FM and we'll be sharing this link with you you can listen to it give it to somebody you know they will enjoy it also and God bless you as we spread the gospel together. See you next week Sunday. All right.